Number 10 and number 24, switch. Number 18 and number 6, switch. Number 22 to the middle. Welcome to center stage. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the center stage. My name is Luke. I'm here with Ashlyn and Carolina. Ladies, new week. Ash is about to compete. Carolina is competing soon, right? Yes. Like, like yep. four and a half weeks or something like that, Yeah, right? it's coming around so quickly. I cannot believe it. It's nuts. You both are, like, right there. Like, I asked Ash this morning. I'm like, for some reason, I thought Clash was here local. And I'm like, hey, is Clash here? And she's like, no, man, it's in Orlando. What's wrong with you? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm old. I forget to <laughs> <laughs> but anyway i'm super excited for both of you i know uh the return to the stage is exciting for mm-hmm. uh you know especially for carolina having been a while for you so how do you, what's going on like how are you guys doing i'm good i mean i just actually had a check-in with my coach with marco today which went really really well uh things are right on track we're actually like slowing things down uh things down and kind of like cruise controlling until until peak week so yeah it's all looking good i'm very excited that's the best feeling Uh, how you doing ash how you feeling i feel good um so obviously like y'all know and i think i talked about this already on the last episode but you know it's been obviously tougher this time um just extra stressors and stuff in my life so this week, so I met Jamie because I went to the Miami um, seminar, the posing seminar that Tim Gardner put on in Miami this weekend, this past weekend, and it was a blast. Um, but that's the first time that she's gotten to see me in person. So um, leading up to that, I was already on pretty low calories, but I did have two higher days throughout the week. So we went ahead and just, I for whatever reason, I've just been holding, you know, water, and I do feel like there's a couple things that um, were causing that. So I ended up taking some stuff out, which I've kind of talked about on my story and stuff, just like some of the stevia stuff that I was using that was kind of causing my water to be um, bloating and water retention and stuff. So I took some of that stuff out, and then um, I do feel like cortisol um, was a huge issue. So I started taking my ashwagandha um, regularly. Mm-hmm. Yep which has helped so much. And then, um, I also started taking my Estro pro, um, which I just wasn't consistent with it. I would, I would forget, like I would take it one day and then I'd forget the next day. So, um, I started doing that consistently and just noticed a really big change with, um, with my water retention and stuff like that. So everything is just starting to just really fall into place. And she did lower my food and, and take out my high days just to be safe. Um, and she was just gonna, so now we're just depleting right now, which I'm on day four. Um, and she slowly started adding in my carbs today. So today I get a little bit more carbs, but, um, since it's still a couple of days away, we're going to do it very slowly and just kind of add in every single day. Um, but yeah, it was rough. Yesterday I was doing check-ins and I fell asleep. So <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it was crazy. Like I was just working and I woke up randomly and I was like, oh, well, I fell asleep on accident. So oh, um really? yeah, so that that definitely happened. And so we started and you know, it's only a couple days. My food has not been that low for that long. Right, so right. um it's just a couple days and now I am feeling alive again. I had a great workout today. I'm feeling alive. 
Um, and I'm just ready to freaking kick this week in the butt and just show up on my, this, I do feel like it's been, it's my best now. Um, last week I was pretty unsure and I didn't really know how I was going to feel, um, you know, this week, because I was kind of like, Oh, I'm still holding water. I don't know why I'm not like hundred percent. I'm usually hundred percent, like two weeks out, at least three weeks out. Like, I don't know. So I was getting worried, but, um, yeah. everything's starting to, and you're rolling out, you're rolling out Thursday to, uh, to Orlando. Yes. Yes. So cool. leaving Thursday that way, Friday, I can just be there and not have to worry about traveling or anything, which is only, I mean, I'm not flying. I'm just driving. It's only three and a half hours away from where I'm at now. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just going to drive over there. Um, cool. and yeah. Are you guys it's, getting, are you staying in the host hotel or are you getting a Airbnb or what are you doing? I'm going to stay in the host hotel. Jamie always likes me to stay, um, in the host hotel and I'm actually staying right next door to her. So cool. she just wants to make sure that, you know, everything's on point. And if well, she, just she needs to, be able to, to see kick me. down that, that little connecting door in the middle of the night and be like, I caught you with those Oreos, girl. <laughs> exactly. She just wants to make sure I'm not cheating. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally it's, kidding. We know it's so crazy how sensitive the body gets. Like when, like my, I mean, especially when you're on peak week. And I think that for those that like are listening and, and are first timers when it comes to competing, if you're prepping for the first time and you're listening to this podcast and this episode is just like your body gets super, super sensitive. So every little thing really counts. And I, I watched your stories, Ash, and I was listening to, I've been in that place too, where you're just like, I don't understand what's going on. And then it's just like, literally the food coloring on your BCAAs is making you bloat. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's so crazy how adding things on and taking things off makes such a huge difference um and i feel like you and i are like all kind of a wit energy wavelength too because this past weekend was just oh it was it was rough i was like i remember seeing marco today and i was just like um this is my current weight and this is how i feel and what can we do about it (laughs) i know i know i told jamie i'm like all right something something's got to give so we made minor minor changes and then i kind of just started doing some hardcore research and figuring out what the heck yeah I, i figured it out that's good it's good it's good it's good and it's always good when your body just kind of clicks too um and it's just like ah, oh. and you almost get like this kind of like a breath of fresh air and you're like okay now i see it now oh, it's yes. now it's, it's like the best feeling like i've been waking up so tight obviously i'm a lot i'm way flatter than i normally you yeah. know, am and that's totally normal i'm on extremely low carbs um but i am just so excited to see how the small bumps in carbs each day start to affect me and i'm just i'm just ready to rock and roll you're gonna look freaking awesome i'm excited oh my gosh thank you so much i'm gonna make sure i put plenty of videos and all that fun stuff up so that way everybody and i know a lot of people were asking too um if the show is going to be live streamed normally it is live streamed on the fit body fusion page um so hopefully on our ig we will be able to live stream it and then they usually save it to the ig videos um the IGTV or whatever, whatever that's called. So yeah, y'all sh- everybody oh, should be able awesome. to tune in and watch it live. And if y'all miss it, it should be saved on the page. Cool. So we, now that we got kind of caught up and we know where your heads are at and that you're both craving English, English muffins. No, I'm just, <laughs> we <laughs> the, won't uh, talk about it. We, we got some really good questions. I mean, damn, I was like surprised at the quality of the questions that are coming out of you know, the page and stuff. And I think we'll start off with a good one, which is um, 
tell tell us what you guys will be considered to be your best glute exercises to build the glutes without building the quads. And I think that's, you know, I, I think a lot of ladies struggle with that because they're worried that, that they kind of roll over into that wellness look because they start focusing too much on just building the bottom end overall and not, not isolating those not. Specific muscles. So break it down for us. Yeah. Um, I think that there's like a number of things that you can do, but my go, if I could like off the top of my head, list my go-tos, um, I think is, you know, of course your isolation movements, but, um, hip thrusts for me are a must. I think that my physique really changed and my glutes really started to develop once I incorporated a combination of like hip thrusts with different feet placement, right? When you're going like parallel abducted, right? When meaning when your feet are turned outwards, um, hip abductions, sumo squats, sumo deadlifts and kickbacks. I think those are my Th those would be my top exercises and then just really mind muscle connection i think that if you don't if you aren't present in your exercise and if you're not present with your muscle contraction you could do any isolation exercise till till you're blue in the face and your glutes are not going to connect and your glutes are not going to develop ash what do you think yeah, hundred percent. I mean, mind muscle connection has to be there in whatever it is you're doing. So if, and I've talked about this numerous times, which is why I always focus on volume, um, higher reps, less weight, because you are able to control the weight and you are able to control what muscle group you are trying to hit versus just trying to get the weight up. Mm -hmm. Um, so once you kind of drop the weight a little bit and focus on the squeeze and the activation of whatever, whatever exercise you're doing for that specific, um, uh, body part, which would obviously be glutes, then that's, you're going to notice a bigger difference in forcing that blood into the muscle, which is what you need in order to see growth. Um, and I will say, so a lot of people don't know the difference between hip thrust and glute bridges. So glute bridges is where you lie on the floor. So that's whenever you lie on the floor, you could do your feet, um, kind of, even if you put them like up on a box or up on those little, um, you know, those little aerobic boxes that kind yeah. of sit off the ground and you can, put, you know, different weight or different height on them. The little, the little steppers. Yeah. The steppers. So you could do one of those. Um, if your gym doesn't have that, you can just use a bench and put your feet on the bench. Um, so obviously your feet are going to be elevated and then your back is going to be on the ground. And if you do the, the, um, glute bridges lying on the floor and extend your, you want your spine to be, uh, um, straight, and then you want to extend the hips upward. And that is going to help not only your glute development, but it'll also help your upper glute, which a lot of people have a really hard time building their upper, upper glute because it's hard to target. Mm -hmm. So the, the glute bridge lying on the floor is going to be the best way for you to target your glutes, especially without hitting quads. Yeah. So that's one that I really like. Very cool. That's a good one. That's a good about, one. Uh, so what do you guys think? Like glutes, to me, I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm not even going to talk about training as a guy, but glutes to me seem like a type of muscle that for a lot of people are very similar to like a rear delt where it's, it's extremely difficult to isolate it, extremely difficult to hit it and, and really, you know, just get a good pump. And that, like, have you, uh, do, do you feel like your glute training has gotten to the point now where you literally can go in for a whether it's a gluten hamstring day or however it is that you break down your, your workouts that you could legitimately say, I have a glute pump. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah for sure. 
for sure. And I think this is really, you know, going back to what we, we just mentioned in terms of like mind muscle connection and, and realizing that because everyone's anatomy, like structure is different. Everyone's hip width, everyone's, you know, fem- like where your head, the head of your femur sits, the length of your femur, the, the positioning of your, like how tight your hamstrings are, how tight your hip flexors are. All of those little things will influence the way in which you activate, like not activate because your glutes are always activated, but the way in which you engage those muscle fibers, right? So I think that once you play around and if you're working with someone, you know, your, your trainer or your coach helps you play around with the angles and how to properly engage those muscle fibers and the, the, those areas of the, you know, glute medius, glute maximus, glute minimus, um, based on your structure, then you're golden. Then it's kind of like riding a bike or like feeling a lat pull down. Once you feel that lat activation, you don't forget it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, I think that's the biggest difference. Once I figured out what my little angles and what my little tweaks were, I was golden from then on. Yep. I agree with that. And then I also want to add one more exercise because I, this one, I absolutely love. And I think that Um, and a lot of people just don't know how to do it. That's the only issue. So, um, doing good. And I try to video these just so people can see the actual movement. Um, but I really love good mornings. Um, a a wider stance, good mornings with a slight bend in the knee, um, on the Smith machine, because you are really able to push up with your glutes. And if you push, if you stand back far enough to where, when you're bending forward and you're pushing up through your heels, um, a lot of people just stand too much forward. And so they're, they're not using their glutes as much, but if you stand a little bit behind the bar and you bend forward, um, obviously again, you want to make sure that you're not um, arching your back or arching your spine because you don't want to use your back to, you don't want to use your lower back to get the weight up. You want to use your glutes. So push through your heels. I swear, if you focus on pushing through your heels, you're going to notice way more glute activation than if you use your lower back. A lot of people just focus on just trying to get the weight up and they're, they're using their lower back more than anything. Yeah. Horrible lower back pump. I I think a a really good way to think about that, like hip extension, right? That you're referring to when you're like going from a flex position at the hip to standing upright. Um, When I, when I'm working with in-person clients, I usually tell them like, pretend like you have two strings attached to your hip bones. And then those strings are pulling your hip forward as you're contracting your glutes and pressing your heels down. Cause that way it completely removes that, that like, that lower back arch, right? Or that like, it's more so like a, when people are, you see people doing a deadlift and you see them squeezing their shoulders back and automatically their their lower back is arched. And I was yep. like, now you lost it. Now you yep. no longer have a glute pump. You have a, like Luke mentioned, you have a lower back bump. And oh my gosh, and it hurts. So if your it lower really back does. <laughs> is full of blood, I literally can't do anything. I'm just like, wow, this sucks. So that's yeah. how I know that like, I'm using my lower back that's how I used to know. Now I'm so I'm way more aware so I can control it now. But whenever I was still learning to train and learning like how to feel all of those muscles, I would always get blood in my lower back. So that's how I knew I was either going too heavy or I was using my lower back for more, um, more movement than anything else. Super awesome. Thank you, ladies. And that's lower back pump suck. Just so everybody knows, I find myself laying on the mat. (laughs) So let's let's get into the the aspect of bikini conditioning. Now, a lot of people, I've, I, we you know we've had like 
similar questions like to this in the past, but not quite as in depth. But with this one, it, you know, there are so many divisions within female bodybuilding. I mean, you know, we go, we, we start with bikini, then we've got fitness. Then we, I mean, not fitness. Um, wow. I just wellness. Lost. Well, well, yeah. Bikini wellness. Then what's the next one? It's not fitness. figure figure. Bikini, yes. Figure then fitness, then physique and then bodybuilding. And, you know, I've seen like one of the things with you, especially Ash, particularly is that you always seem to be what I would call like shredded beyond bikini, like days before you actually get on stage to the point where like, obviously it's that dry out phase of you guys kind of dry you out and then you carve you back up and you find that good, that, that proper balance for bikini. Yep. How do you do that? Because that's, I mean, so I, I, I mean, I've, I've seen ladies ask this question before where they're like, you know, three days out from a show, you're looking more like a physique competitor. And then when you step on stage, you have that nice, full, soft. And when I say soft, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it in that feminine, you know, musc- musculature versus kind of that hard graininess. Um, so I can 100% say, and this is because I coach a lot of athletes, so I can, and I can just tell, mm-hmm. um, it really is dependent on uh, your sodium levels. It's dependent on how consistent you are with, um, you know, the foods that you're eating, how basic of foods you eat. There's a lot of people that just, they eat the basic foods, but then they have other things that they're adding in. Like they have in sauces. I don't put any sauce in my stuff. It's just pink salt. Um, a lot of people don't use pink salt at all, or they don't use sodium at all because their coach tells them not to. Um, which I think is horrible. So they're never going to achieve that like hard grainy look without having sodium. Cause that's what, that's what like getting that muscle, like that muscular and vascularity and stuff comes from is from sodium. Um, especially when you get that lean. Yeah. Um, and it's just, and it's, I do believe it's the intensity that I train. I train very intense. Um, I don't, I don't know how else to put it other than the fact that I just, my diet and everything is just plain Jane. It's clean. I don't add anything in my water. I don't add anything. I don't add any sauces in my food. I don't do anything like that. And I train really hard. And I do think the way that you train, the intensity that you're training is so crucial to getting that hard vascular look that you're looking for. And the conditioning just, just comes from how intense you are being in the gym, even with cardio. Like there's a lot of people that just half ass their cardio. Let's be real. So like everything I do, I do 110%. Like even when I'm dead tired, I will get on the the stairs and I, or not the stairs. I usually do treadmill. Um, I'll get on the treadmill and I will like try and kill myself. Like that's just what I am like, just that's just what I do. Like, I don't even, it's, I don't even think twice about it. I just do it. So, so I do think that that's a huge reason why. And like, there's a lot of people that, um, they leave almond milk in their, in their diet, like little things like in their coffee, they leave creamer in their coffee. Like they just do these things because they don't want to pull it out or maybe they don't pull it out to the last week, which honestly, to me, it's like, why would you not want to be optimal your entire prep. Like, why do you only want to be optimal the week before you go into a show? So I, I, that's just me. I just prefer if I'm going to be doing this 110%, I'm doing it 110%. Like I'm not going to do it just the week of my show. Um, I'm going to pull this stuff out 
weeks and weeks before I step on stage. So that way I can get a good idea of what I'm actually working with. I don't want to wait till peak week and be like, oh man, I could use an extra week or two, you know, like I don't yeah. want to do that. It's just a risk you're, you're taking. So it just depends. It's, it's, there's a lot of factors that go into how you get that conditioning, but I do believe a lot of those has, has to do with everything that I just said. So I, I agree. I, I, I truly strongly agree with that. And I think that is just like, um, you know, the more pretty much is put it this way, right. On the nutritional nutrition aspect, the more variables you are able to control, meaning like Ash just said, the more plain Jane you are with your diet, right? The more simple the foods are, the least amount of ingredients they they have in them, the, the more you know what's going in your body, right? So that's that when it comes to, you know, sodium. Actually, it, interestingly enough, I just had my sodium bumped today because for that reason alone, right? Because my salt, my sodium, my, Himalayan, my, my pink salt was just way too low for what I was adding. And then it was like, okay, you need to be fuller. Let's, let's bump that. Yeah. Um, but I only know that because everything else that I'm using to cook my meals is very, very plain as well. Um, but I personally think that, you know, in my case specifically, I've come, I've brought my best conditioning. And I think even now, so I think it, I'm very comparable to what I was when I first stepped on the pro stage um, is muscle density. And, and that yeah. comes, of course, from, you know, training intensity and, and, and muscle development and just years and years and years of just repetition after repetition after repetition and volume and progressive overload and all of that stuff over and over and over again on season, off season, on season, off season, but it's just without muscle development, you don't have anything to pump up. You don't have anything to make fuller. You don't have anything to help you drop the body fat, to help you burn the calories, to help you condition. Right. So, um, you know, there are different people ask, you know, like how do, when is the right time? What is the right way to go about it? You need to make sure you got some muscle in you. And it's not because we are, you know, a, a smaller division, right? Where the conditioning is softer, like Luke mentioned, where we are really pulling the conditioning in and then carving it up so that the, the look is a lot softer. You just have that fullness, the, the, the tightness, the curves, the lines, but you need to have some muscle in you in order to be able to get to that point. It's not just kind of like, willy-nilly on the treadmill willy-nilly with the light weights and then you know you cut down some carbs and expect to look you know tip-top shape to, to to win a show and do your best on stage you really have to to work on your off season to build up that muscle add your muscle density and and that takes time and it takes patience and it takes repetition yeah i mean it's all muscle maturity so the longer yep. you do this the more exactly. your muscles are going to mature and they're going to stay that way and then on top of that if you were to see me in my off season, I look jacked. Like I look mm -hmm. so big. I do not, I'm not scared of food. I don't care mm -hmm. because guess what? When I you start shredding and when I start cutting all of that fullness and everything that you see in my off season, yeah. that's going to go away. Like, I don't look like that, you know, right before I step on stage, I'm normally 108, um, 106 to 108 in my off season. And then I'm between 99 and hundred and one pounds when I get on stage. So when you shred that much, you're going to lose some muscle. So it's okay to look a little bit bigger in your off season yeah. and have yeah. that muscle 
density, that's how you're going to keep progressing. If you always want to stay lean in your off season, good luck, like good luck trying to ever progress and try to ever build the muscle that you need in order to get that hard grainy look whenever you are ready to get on stage, because that's not going to happen. I, I think the last time, you know, well, well, not so much now because I just haven't been seeing that many people because of COVID and all the, all, all, all the things that we already know. But I think that like last time that I did an off season where things were still normal, people were asking me like, oh, you're, you're going up to figure. I was like, no, I'm just, I'm just that wide back when I'm on off season. Thanks though. Appreciate it. You know what I mean? It, it's true. It's just getting being okay. And I remember, I think it was, uh, Stephanie Hammermeister. She's, a uh, uh, she used to be a, a figure competitor. Um, and one of the things that she talked about her and I were, were kind of cross paths when I first started competing. Um, and she was just like, you have to be comfortable being a little uncomfortable in your own skin during an off season in order to know you're really pushing through, through that weight and being able to pack on the muscle you need. Like you said, when, when you come down and you cut down and you shred up and, and that muscle is left. Right. Right. And I do want to say this too, because I feel like people just started following me and I feel like, um, there's a lot of stuff in the very beginning of my journey that I didn't share because I just, I didn't really have followers, you know, when I started training. So y'all guys have to understand my, my starting point was 92 pounds. So people are always like, oh, so you only gain eight, eight pounds in your off season. Whenever some people gain, you know, 20, which let's be real. I'm extremely small. So a 20 pounds on me is, or 20 pounds on somebody else is like eight pounds on me. Like that's, that would be the same depending on, you know, how, how tall you are and just how big you are. I'm really small. So it's hard to compare. Like people are like, well, you always, you're always lean. You're lean year round. And I'm like, no, I'm not lean year round. Y'all think that I, I just built the muscle and it took me, I had to put on think it was 17 pounds in order to get the muscle that I have today. So when I first started my journey, I had to put on almost 20 pounds just to be able to train hard and get my muscles to grow and get to the point where I'm at now. Now I've got the muscle that I needed. So I don't need to put on 20 pounds anymore. The eight pounds is plenty for me. And that's, that's to me, that's like, quote unquote big, because I'm still putting on almost eight pounds of like fat, basically Um, a little bit of is muscle, but I mean, like, I'm not really growing. I'm not, I'm not trying to grow. Um, You know, I'm obviously eating enough for my health, but I'm not, you know, trying to grow in my improvement seasons. I'm really just doing it for breaks. So I take little breaks and then I just compete again, but I'm not trying to get any bigger anywhere. I'm just maintaining at that point. And so my calories aren't just consistently going up. And I feel like a lot of people, they, they have so, they just struggle so much with their off season because they see somebody like me, who's already gone through the phase that they're currently going through. And they think that it's normal for somebody like me, you know, or they think it's normal for somebody like them to, to stay lean, like somebody like me. And it's like, well, I've trained and worked this hard for this X amount of years to get like this, you're just starting your journey and you want to grow muscle. You're going to have to eat and be a little bit uncomfortable and not be lean year round. It's just not going to happen. You're never going to progress that way. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to, to mention that because like, you know, obviously we're, we're different heights. I am like five, five and a half people think yep. that I'm tall, much taller than that until I'm like next to someone like Casey Samso. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm short. Um, but <laughs> 
but but you're right. You know what I mean? Like, for example, for me during an off season, I need to go up to maybe 137, 138. I think the heaviest I've ever had to push up to was 143. And that for me was like physically uncomfortable. Like it was hard for me to like do car, like get on the tread, like on the Stairmaster, on the bike. Things were hard. My body was fighting me and then I brought it back down. But that was intentional. You know what I mean? But I'm also coming from a place where like I grew up being an athlete and I've always always very lean. So weight comes off of me very easily. So for me to be able to hold on to the 135 of muscle took an, an additional 10 pounds to bring it up and down and up and down and up and down so that I can now come down to my, my you know, my competitive season and step on stage and my 120 and be okay with it. Like I go yeah. up 12 pounds from my ship, my stage weight. And, yeah. and that's, and, and I look like you said, like I look lean when I'm not, when I'm not competing, but be, again, I am, you know, I have an additional four, you know, I'm much taller than you too. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see how the different heights and the different, like the muscle belly and all this, how all that makes a change when it comes to the, the amount of weight that you need to put on. Yeah. And I'm five foot. So I'm short people. I am short. Uh, I'm, lying. <laughs> I'm, I'm a midget. It's fine. I love it. Four, ten and a half. Just kidding. <laughs> 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 totally kidding but nah you you guys are you guys hit the nail on the head you're absolutely right so so let's uh what do you what's your best advice to give to a competitor to catch the judge's eye oh i love this question yeah you you'll you you take it you go first because i know i know okay. you were really into this one i love this question um because it all stems from confidence 100 percent so the way that you catch the judge's eye is how confident you are on stage is going to show them so much more than just walking out there, rushing through your routine, doing it, looking like you're, you know, just wanting to get off and freaked out, which, you know what, that's normal. I went through that phase too. That's totally normal. We but all did. I know. And that's that there's not that many people that will not go through that stage. I'm pretty sure everybody does, whether they want to admit it or not. Um, but just having that poise and that confidence and really just owning the stage is what's going to, to grab their attention because, and obviously you want to have a suit color that matches. I always say this, the suit color, the hair, the skin tone, all that needs to match. So, you know, that's just something that is you and your coach need to make sure you're nailing that down. But I mean, what really grabs the judge's eye is just them feeling like this girl is owning this right now. And she is so confident that I cannot take my eyes off of her. That's really what it boils down to. And, um, you know, that's why I always try and instill into my athletes whenever I am teaching them posing that the more you can just slow down right now and just think about what you're doing and just take your time. I promise you, it will make a huge difference once that adrenaline is going and you're backstage and you're just like so pumped to get up there. And, you know, cause you're naturally going to be nervous. You're naturally going to have that adrenaline rushing through you. So if you can learn now in the beginning to practice slow and steady and really just focus on what you're doing and breathe, just breathe during your transitions, breathe every single time you take a step into a new transition and you are just looking around at the judges, making eye contact with the judges is huge. If you can actually sit there and get into that front pose and look around at the judges, they're going to be like, dang, especially from an amateur, they're going to be like, this girl 
this is awesome. So just having that eye contact and that confidence and really just taking your time um, on stage and not rushing is going to be huge for them to be able to, you know, for you to catch their eyes. And I, and I think that, you know, I don't know if I'm sure you've, you've experienced this too. Like if we go and watch shows or even like backstage, whether we, you know, amateur or or now at the pro level, um, you can watch a show and see a lineup and, and, and oftentimes they're like, Oh, but that, that girl has much better physique than that girl. Well, the girl with the less better physique just outpose the hell out of everybody else. So I'm not sitting here. Yeah. I'm not sitting here saying like, Oh, you don't need to have a killer physique and a killer package and suit and makeup and hair and all of the things like kind of come together on show day in order to do well. But the fact that like Ashton said, you know, like being able to present it and present it well and present it with confidence and really you're, it's about having fun up there too, right? Kind of just enjoying your time. And, and, and that's how it, everything translates to the audience and to the judges. And, and that makes a huge difference. Um, when I am working with, with clients and when it comes to like posing and things like that, I always tell them, like you said, like slow, like practice as slow as possible because no matter how experienced you are, you're always going to pose faster on stage than you do when you practice on your own time. So the slower you practice, the slower you'll be on stage, even though you're still going to think, oh my God, I just rushed through that. But if you feel like you're going in slow motion on your own time, you're more most likely going to be able to now be more present, right? And I think that's what you're referring to, just being present in, in being in the moment when you are up there and taking it all in, then you'll be able to truly present it and, and show all the angles and show, you know, and control your transitions and control every step. Um, and that makes a big difference. Yeah. I mean, it all boils down to just posing confidence. Yeah. And if you know you're, if you know you're, like if you're confident and you're posing um, and you know that you've practiced and you've done what you're supposed to be doing, then it's going to show they're going to, they're going to know that you practice. They're going to know that you, you know, put in the time and that's going to be huge for them. They're really going to appreciate that. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So last question. And I think this one's a good one that we can kind of leave on a positive note and, and uh, give some, give some encouragement to some people out there. So, we have a young lady and she asked the question that let me see her name. It is hold on one second. Uh Heather T-shirt. <laughs> so that's her IG handle. She's the one who asked the question. She said, For those that have had a huge weight loss, hundred plus pounds or more, is it possible to be competitive? And I am assuming, assuming that she's asking that question because she may be in that category. If she is, hallelujah, congratulations. But take it away, ladies. What do you think? Um, I think so. I, th- I think it definitely is possible. I think that one, like Luke said, congratulations, because I think uh, weight loss of that magnitude, it takes so much time and discipline and motivation and just kind of sticking with it, even when push, you know, things get hard and it's going to get hard, even when you're not looking for that much of a drop. So the fact that you already have the determination to get through those 100 plus pounds 
you're, you're already set for success when it comes to following a prep structure, right? You already got the motivation that it takes. But I definitely think that it's just a matter of understanding the changes um, that your body is going through really, really well and working some, with someone that's experienced in that matter because you're talking about tightness of the skin, you're talking about muscle development, you're talking about conditioning. You want to make sure that you are presenting in a way that um, it's allowing your, you know, your body to continue to progress in a slow enough pattern where you are, you know, allowing your, the change, the physical changes to occur and still, you know, look the way you want to look on stage, I guess, if that makes any sense. But I truly believe that you still can be competitive in that matter. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I agree hundred percent. There really isn't any way around it. It's just, if you, have the, this, I, I'm a firm believer in this. If you have the dedication to do something and you stick to it, I guarantee you, you will eventually succeed. Eventually. It may take a while. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy and I'm not saying it's going to be a straight path, but I guarantee you, if you stick to something and you are dedicated and you are putting in the time every single day to get to where you want to be, why would you not be successful? Right. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So have either of you guys had a you know story with a client or something like that that not necessarily 100 pounds but that was a significant amount of weight loss and then they kind of jumped on stage and you've seen some success with them um i actually have a girl right now but she hasn't been on stage yet but she has been making insane progress like insane and her goal is to get on stage um and by the time she does get on stage she'll probably have lost i think she's already lost 30 something pounds right now and she's continuing to drop you know every single week that she checks in she's consistently dropping so um her goal is to get on stage so whenever that time comes I will definitely let y'all know but I actually haven't had anybody um with that of that yet but I hope to because I think that would be incredible yeah that'd be a great client to have yeah it's definitely, that's definitely a huge, you know, and not only that, but when you look at it from a perspective of, you know, just being a coach and just being able to change somebody's life to that magnitude. I mean, that's one of the, that was one of the beauties of lifestyle coaching, you know, when I was younger and was, I had a couple of people that I worked with that through UFIT, you know, it's like a chain gym. And, uh, you know, we saw significant, you know, I had a couple of clients lose 80 plus pounds. I had a couple of clients, 60 pounds, you know, and it's just amazing to see the change in them as a person and how it's incredible. Yeah. Their confidence, their drive, their determination, you know, so I agree, even though the question wasn't for me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, people can definitely be competitive and, you know, they just, and I agree with you guys. They just have to do it the right way. Cause I think some people rush to lose the weight and then they try to get on stage with loose skin and stuff like that, which definitely makes it harder. And that's, yep. uh, you're setting yourself up for failure there. So because that's... there is, and I will say this, there is a part of the category, part of the judging criteria, not the category, I'm sorry, the criteria for, for this is skin is one of them. Right. Yeah. Yep. So if, you know, you take the time to make sure the skin gets tighter and, you know, do the things that you need to do in order to perfect all those little things that you need to perfect before you get on stage, you could absolutely be competitive, of, of course. But that is definitely one of the criteria on there. Mm-hmm. 
Very cool. So you know what? We uh a little, little short, little on the short end this week, but I think we covered some great topics. And you guys have any you ladies have any uh final thoughts you want to close out with? Oh, I do. Hit it. I just want to say we are doing a Professor Nuts Challenge. I don't know if you guys have seen it on my story, um, but I will continue to be posting the Professor Nuts Challenge and I am team tasty. And so I want all of you ladies who want to be a part of this challenge, um, go to the Professor Nuts IG page and click the link in the bio and make sure that you are signing up under me, under team tasty, because I'm trying to beat some coaches out there. So (laughs) let's get this let's get this thing rolling i'm excited amen and don't forget to submit your video yes you have to submit a video with the um, application so submit the video submit the application and you'll be good to go we're only picking 40 people total for this thing so if you want to get picked make sure that you stand out from the crowd and we're only asking for about the one to two minute long video just saying why we should pick you perfect carolina you good uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually excited to just see the coming shows. I think there's some awesome shows coming out this weekend. And um, I actually, well, I'm not in the challenge, but uh, for those competing this weekend here in um, New Jersey, tri-state area, the metropolitan states, I will be at the night show. So if awesome. you are going, make sure to send me a message or just find me. I am. I always wear something. I always wear some bright and red. Um, so I'll be there. I'm excited to meet everybody. I'm excited to see the bikini girls on stage. The wellness division is going to be on stage too. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, but yeah, if you're competing, make sure you send me a DM, let me know. I'm always excited to cheer for the girls. Very cool. Ash, best wishes this weekend. Yes. Thank you. Flash Zilla, go kick some ass. And we look forward to hearing about it next week. Yay. I'm excited. All right. We'll see you next week. Take it easy. See you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.